Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is coming to you live from the AOI studio, a.k.a. my basement office. Bo, you know what's great? What? Calling college basketball games on Fox. It's great, but you know what's not great? The chairs we have to sit in when we're calling those games. Sometimes you just... Your back's bad. You get that kind of swazzy going, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Luckily, we got the people at uh, at AOI take care of me in this, this studio. We got an unbelievable desk. But the big thing is the chairs are fantastic. You and I can sit and do a two-hour recap pod, a two-hour wine pod, and we're feeling comfortable the entire time. Because you realize these chairs, that we you are swaying back and forth in chairs that are constructed with the latest research around the science of sitting, advancements in materials, manufacturing, and technology. That's the Aeron chairs from AOI. If you're looking for a sleek, cool, super comfortable chair for your office, you got you to check it out. Aeron chair from Ehrman Miller. Do you, I mean, you're like a big, you're, you're big on like a couch, a bed, where you sit. Like, you're very particular. Does this... Are your buns happy at this point is what I want to know. Very happy. If I was in an office, like if I worked at an office, yes. this would be the chair you would steal. You'd make sure you yes. had this one and people would get there early to get the good chair. Maybe that's the research they do. They'd be like, let's do a controlled experiment where we put one Aeron chair in the office and see the nut. You know, you know when so, there's one chair, guys are like, wait till no one's in the office and they're going to wheel that chair over. I bet these are the chairs that everybody wants. These are it. These are the ones. No swazzy. You get the you lean back. They're lean just, and oh, twist. Oh, they're God. They're they are good. good. You can check them out at AOICorp.com. That's AOICorp.com. Or give them a ring, 402-896-5520. That's 896-5520. Zero. So you heard his voice. He is Bo Robert Rude, and we have a lot of different things. I mean, we'd probably title this the Christmas Pod because we're gonna get into like we have our top three Christmas movies. We wrote down our favorite Christmas songs, which I don't like. Did you write down Christmas songs? I'm got two. I got. Or because if you don't feel like you are passionate about some Christmas songs. Feel free to just let me throw out some songs. You can rip on my songs. We'll start there. How about that? But okay. I got a couple. Though. Okay. We're also, uh, God, what else? Favorite Christmas gifts as mm-hmm. well that we received. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff to get to. Before we get to to all that, we got to talk like a little bit of sports. It, it was funny. So you you just, uh, you, you came over and we were talking and I was like, hey man, did you read Dirk's story on Niles Paul? And you said, oh, yeah. And I think like it's worth getting into a little bit. Because if you haven't checked it out, Dirk Chatlin caught up with Niles Paul. And it sounds like he called Niles Paul to talk about the 2009 Big 12 championship game. And all of a sudden, Niles Paul kind of started spilling his guts to how he's doing post-football. 
Yeah. It, it was crazy. It was almost as if Niles was truly surprised at himself. I think he even yes. mentioned the article. Yes. He said, I can't believe I just said all right. this. Right, right, you know? right. So let, so if you haven't read it, I, w- I won't give away too much of the, of the article, but there were some really, really, really interesting quotes. I'm going to give just like a Cliff Notes version of a few different things. One of the things was like he was getting ready to come home for Thanksgiving, but he couldn't board his dogs. And sometimes those are like, uh, you know, like yeah. could you you couldn't board your bo- your dogs, or you didn't board your board your dogs to for an excuse for you to not go home. Yeah, like that. It struck me as the latter, but uh, he wasn't ready to go home. He he basically in the story it says he said, "quote What am I supposed to tell them? Oh, I'm battling depression. I'm seeing a therapist. I'm supposed to tell them that. I'm ashamed to tell them that. I'm ashamed where I'm at. I gotta shake this." Goes on to say, people think, oh, you've got it made. You made millions of dollars. You can have any girl you want. You're living the life. How do you tell them that it ain't really the life? I'm fighting some demons. Uh, the, the What was interesting, I didn't realize all the injuries that he had when in the story where he's uh, concussions, fractured ankle, had a bad shoulder, I think. I mean, it was a bunch of different things. And he talked about how he was... Quote, I was in and out of a dark place just trying to fight to get out. The only thing that kept me sane was getting back on the field. And it's a story that's basically a lot of, I think, former players can relate to of like when all of a sudden the sport is taken away from you, it's hard. Another quote, he said, quote, it's like, dang, who are you? You've always been known as Niles, the football player. He went on to say he's tried Boxing, bowling, bike riding. He almost signed up for karate. He's traveled to Vegas to drive race cars. He went to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower and the Mona Lisa. He's really tried to like find something clearly to fill that void. Uh, that that football not being in his life that has that has kind of left him. He talked about how there are times he's watching football on Sundays and he calls his agent and and is like, oh, I think I want to get back in. I got the itch and. Uh, and he, but he said the past four months have felt like years. He said, quote, I kind of locked myself away in my house. I don't go out. I don't socialize as far as working out. I have a gym in my house. I don't really feel the need to leave at this point. I sit on my couch until I fall asleep. I wake up and sit there. It's pitch dark in the room and I watch TV and I pass back out. Went on to say that he's tried antidepressants, but they make him feel like, quote, a zombie. Uh, he said, quote, I'm still trying to figure myself out. I need to do that before I go home to show face. I ain't never been looked at as weak. That, Nothing like that. That's the one that stood out to me. Yeah. That line right there. He said, and, and I feel weak right now. I feel weak. I got to build myself back up. Went on to talk about... Be, you know, North Omaha is an interesting, it's a very tight knit area that also is, is a rough area that I think the guy, the heroes of that area feel a great weight of responsibility for young kids. And he said, quote, I let the kids down. I know I had an eight year career. That's great. But I know what I set out to do. I kind of just feel like I quit and I never been a quitter. Uh, See, that's so interesting. In that, it's like, is man, you're, that, I wish I could get tell Niles like now is that you're you're creating that in your mind. That that's the thing is like that's that's the thing that stood out. It's like it's so obvious that he has a totally different idea who who he is and what he's accomplished than all these people. They're like, you did it, you, you did made great, it out, man. you've done awesome, 
and somehow he's convinced himself that he's a failure. Yeah, that he's really. a failure and that he quit. But this is not really unique at all. This is sort of, and I think that's one of the things we just need to talk about is like, you know, you're you're a, f- a former athlete that one day just didn't get to play anymore, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say you're a rarity in that you sports broadcasting. You knew you wanted to do that when you were 16 years old. I had old. like how, how he talked about how I've tried this. I've tried boxing and I've done that. Like luckily I had something that like filled that passion for me. And, and you have been gearing up towards it. And But Nick, I am telling you, you are in that world of athletes. You're the minority. You're like the 1% that goes... I kind of know what I'm, what I want to do, what I'm really good at, and I, and I'm going to be excited to do the rest of my life. The rest of us don't know that. Yeah. And the rest of us usually, it, it takes time and it takes a lot of soul searching to sort of find that next thing. Yes. And I, I think that is, because I guarantee you, every former player that read that story wasn't surprised by it not and it's not about you could that could have been just erase niles paul's name and it could have been anybody they're they're not surprised about what i think people are surprised it's niles paul yeah okay like that was that like i didn't know the degree some of some of the degree of how far he's fallen internally is a little bit surprising but the spirit of someone struggling with life after their sport is not surprising at all. Yeah, so anybody that's gone through it, I think, can relate to it completely. I think what's surprising is that it's Niles. It's Niles. I figured if there would be one guy that feels good about his career, can go puff his chest out and keep his head held high when he comes back to Omaha or Nebraska, it would be Niles Paul. Yeah, because he he really was like a more like a hardworking lunch pail professional like yeah. that's how he, he earned his key so usually those guys uh, are very proud of proud and, and it's usually like when they get out they're out and they're you know where i think the guys that struggle the guys that are big time in the spotlight like the superstar guys and you know so it's in, I, I think it's a it was a fascinating, fascinating. article and i think we were, we were both it made us think a lot today well because i i just know as much as like you said that I'm rare and that I had something to like turn to. That doesn't mean that I didn't have a hard time giving it up. And the way I would describe it is a part of you dies. Like I'm talking funeral headstone. Nick Baugh, the basketball player died in March of 2008. Like, I know that sounds... But like, that's kind of how it is. And it's... Because it's basically... Your life centered around that. And it's really hard when... For... For me, and I know you and I are cut from the same cloth. So, like, every day that I woke up... From when I was about... I don't know, man. Four or five? Yeah, like I'm talking like first, second grade. My prevailing thought was like, how can I make myself a better basketball player today? That was it. So it was the goal every day. It was the prevailing thought every day. And, and the passion. like the and, pa- the, and the, that passion. The, yeah. And, and then all those things subsequently become your identity. That's why Niles said, I was always Niles Paul, the football player. 
I, on, you, you know, some people get, you know, you never want to just be totally one dimensional and all that stuff. But like for sure. I, for you were Bo Rude, the football player. I was Nick Bob, the basketball player. He was now Paul, the football player. So it's your identity. It's your, what your life is kind of centered around. And all of a sudden in like one day, it's just gone. Well, and this is, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I, you know, and even, you know, with friends and family and my yeah. wife will talk about, you know, the, when you start talking about passion in life, right? You talk to yeah. somebody like, well, this person, they love music and that's their passion. And, and then, so you always say, well, what do you want to do next? And people say, well, what's your passion? And then you go, well, the thing that I was most passionate about, you physically can never do it again. Mm-hmm. Like you're never allowed to play football. I mean, basketball, you can go play Y ball or football. rec ball, yeah, but right, football right. is even farther down the road. Like when it ends, you never get to play it again in any form. You can try to coach, you can try to broadcast, but the actual, like the game, the team, like right. it is never to be played again in any way. And that's the part that it's like, it's like if you were a musician, musician, you spent the 10,000 hours to make you the Beatles. And then the next day they go, like you don't get to play an instrument or sing a song ever again. You'd be yeah. like, Whoa, that's what I do though. Well, yeah, you, you'd want to say, and not that, like, wh- what if you went to Eric Clapton when he was 32 years old and said, hey, Eric, can't play the guitar anymore and write music and sing? It's just over for you. People it's aren't over. buying your albums. You don't get to, now you just, but you don't get to do it in your spare time either. But good luck finding something else that fills that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, now the thing that I've been lucky is that I felt I had something that like I was equally like being a college basketball analyst is like like I'm almost equally as passionate about that as I am was being a basketball player. And I player. can vouch for that. I I've, I've seen it with my own. And eyes. and there was something like the first game I ever called with a headset on I was courtside. It was like uh, I I this is why I'm here. Like, this is literally what I was put on earth to do. Mm -hmm. This is what I love more than anything. And the thing, so I've lucked out with that and I've lucked out that it also happens to be something that is still a part of what I was passionate about. But there still is just nothing like, because I saw Scott Shanley tweeted, uh, tweeted something about this article. He said, this was Shanley, he quote tweet, he said, most guys miss the locker room more than actually playing. My advice to guys is to keep in touch with teammates. Start a group message. You'll be shocked at how it can be the best retirement medicine there is. The relationships are what you miss the most, not the aches and the pains. There are parts of that I agree with, and there are parts of that I don't agree with. I, I think people like the the competition and the, sh- the shared struggle. But, you know, nobody, most guys I knew didn't like practice. Yeah. And I get well, football, that, especially basketball practice can be kind of fun. Yeah, football, football, football practice, practice sucks. sucks. It sucks. Like, but there's nothing fun about football. Football practice. training sucks. I mean, it sucks all year round. But those, but when you get to play, and then you almost you look back with pride on the hard work put in. So yes. it's all a lot of it's in retrospect, but the camaraderie's huge. It's and the purpose, like you, you know, you're on a schedule, Nick. You have to be there, and you find out guys say they don't want to be there right and then when you give them the like you don't give them the choice to that they have to they struggle it, they struggle with not having to be somewhere it's it's amazing how much we are the same like i wrote the thing i wrote down in the notes on this i said 
you miss being a part of the team, the collective united purpose, work, grind, struggle, I would even say losses and success is irreplaceable. There's not anything else on earth that can replace it. And you can sit there and be like, man, my my law firm, man, we are a team. It's like, eh, there's still something about like when you physically have to go like put your hands on, like there's nothing like physically competing. Yeah. yeah, You can compete like at 1620 for years, those guys were my teammates technically, but it's just like to say those guys were like Funk and, and no. Wayne Simeon and Keith Lane, like they're not, it's just different. The only thing more bonding is the next level past sports and competition is truly like, warfare and in, in real battle right yeah. the real deal like you people come together in ways that you can never imagine until it's there but the step down in the real world not like not like war it's battle. Different. It, it the the ultimate to bring the bring bonding in my mind is like is is that competition like the the common purpose together it's that's what people love about sport that's why Sports, basically, everyone's lives revolve around. Yes, yes. And so it just, there's nothing that replaces that. Like the, I mean, it's it's so, you know, you see the behind the scenes, you know, you'll see like a winning locker room after a big game. There's nothing like that. You can't bottle you that can't, up. You, there, there, you, you can't can, recreate you can't. it. You, 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 you can't. Uh, even like the, the in the moment... Make it like you make a great play in a game, and that like that excitement, that that almost like sometimes that uh, that like caveman roar, like it, you know, of yeah. of you know, I'm sure you made plays at times at Nebraska where like it it brought out a primal part of you of just screaming and excitement, and like that just you know, you work for. A medical say it's like you you sail a bunch of drills it's not like <laughs> yeah! Yeah! yeah it doesn't uh <laughs> you know it's just it's not like that no and there's just there's just nothing that that replaces it so i guess my question to you would be like do like if Niles Paul were to listen to this, what would, do we have like? I'm not sure you want to want to take that. Like, do it like what would you tell Niles? Well, so Niles Niles was a freshman when I was a senior, so you know, mm-hmm. pretty good age gap there. But you know, Niles is a great guy, first of all. But I think the you know, it's sometimes it's good to know that like nobody thinks anything. Nobody's looking down on somebody. No one who's thinks trying to, you failed. Yeah, or like, like I view Niles as a. That's nothing, nothing but respect and nothing but like, you know, he's a guy that you're, you're happy that you're friends with and you're proud of. And so like, I think he should, you know, if he hears this, I hope that he understands that like, we all think of him as like a great guy who's a great success and there's nothing in the world to be even for one second. Like he said, I, I, I can't show faith, like show face. Cause yeah. like you deserve it. Like you deserve to be with your people, with your friends and your family. And like, like enjoy your life, man. Like that's what we tell you is like, and there's nothing to be like, there's nothing to hang your head about at this point. Like it all, it ends for us all in the sport, but like, Hey man, like, I mean, in all reality, how many, 
What I would tell Niles is like, because well, for the longest time, I, I can relate to it. Like he probably quantified his self-worth on football. Yeah. And it's like, that's just, it's, it's, a, it's a thing we've all done, but you just got to like move past that. Yeah. I, and yeah, and it, I would tell Niles is like, how many people like really have their career go exactly how they want it to go? Like, Brady Jordan, like I, like you know, in terms of like yeah. truthfully, like like I, that I what I set out to do, I did it, and I have no regrets. Or I you feel exceed, great about like it. Steph like, Curry's probably exceeded his wildest. Yes. You know, like so. You so ninety five percent, ninety nine percent of the people that play this game for college, pro, whatever, like the career. Doesn't necessarily go exactly how they hope it goes. Oh, I mean, you know, Nick, you know, I I get drafted by the, you know, my college career didn't go exactly how I wanted to. There's some coaching changes, you know, didn't really get to maybe be in the perfect system for me, but I got drafted by the best team maybe in the history of football, mm-hmm. with the best coach with linebackers who I had been huge fans yes. of. I was gonna go in a locker room in, in a linebacker room with. Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruschi, and Junior Seau. I mean, as <laughs> I, I was blown, and, and then what happens? Like things didn't go right. I get hurt, and I lose my chance. Right after a short, and then time. you get behind the eight ball, and you just never. That that to me is like getting you know, like uh, I always say, it's like the field dreams, like Moonlight Graham, right? Yeah, it's like coming this close to your dream and having to take like that was that was me, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's not easy, no. right? It's not an easy thing to get that close to sort of like what you think is, man, this is it. This right. is it doesn't truly get better than this. But you know, I think the one thing I was really fortunate, of, I think the way I grew up with my parents and especially you know, my dad's experience was like. I, I never, I did never buy into that that was all I was. I kind of understood like everything's going to feel like a bigger deal than it probably, you're going to feel like people are going to tell you you're a bigger deal than you are. Sure. And I always thought that. Yeah. And that helped me when, when I, it ended because it ends fast. It goes, poof, it's over. And you right. go, whoa. And so I kind of was prepared mentally on the, on the part of what I thought other people saw me as. Like I didn't, yeah. I kind of always knew that didn't, wasn't real where I think a lot of guys in college, it, it changes where they believe it. And so that was my only saving grace was my, my dad and and my mom kind of just like the life they had was made, made agree. Me, yeah. Made me a very, my dad was a first round draft pick yeah. in the NFL. So he didn't act like he was a first round draft pick right. ever ever for him. He never really talked about his football career that much. And so like, it never felt like that, but I, I kind of knew from there, but not everybody has a dad that has been through it and kind of keeps you, your mind in the right place because that helped me a lot. Cause this, you know, it's not easy. I don't care who you are. It's hard. It's it's really hard. It's hard. It's really hard. And I could relate to when he talked about wanting to call his agent and, you know, like we've all had moments like there was, I always tell the story. There was a point maybe a year into Schick and Nick where Schick was going to go interview with ESPN. And I, in my mind, like I, and he ended up not getting the gig the first time. But in my mind, I was like, if he gets this job, I swear to God, I was, I was in my head. I was like, I'm going to take, six months 
and I'm going to get back in shape and I'm going to try to play again. I swear <laughs> I, to God. I, I swear I, I to God. I, I was like, this. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I don't care if I'm playing in the, like, I'm not, I got to play. Go play in Lithuania. Go like, play. The, the lowest. I don't care if I'm in the, the rec, the, the rec center in yeah. Mexico city, but that's where I'm playing. Like, so I can relate to being like I can do it. I can I can go play again. I can do it. I know I can do it because it's the only thing that makes sense a lot of times. Yeah, you're like, like that's well, what, you know, what, what am I good at? What do I love? Right. Those two things have to intersect, and you've you've had it and I've had it. Yes, we've done that. It's just that thing can't go on. Yes, and so that's the problem. And and so I think to you know for like you said number one denials Paul. Not that he would listen to this, but like no one, everyone thinks you're a roaring success, dude. Uh, everyone is really proud of you and really like you, you, yeah. you held it down for, yeah. for Omaha, for Nebraska. Like you did, you were, you were great. That's number one. And number two, like sometimes I think we have, like when people get depressed, they tend to think that they're the only ones that are feeling like this. And then they feel ashamed. Like, like again, we just spent 20 minutes. Like everyone feels like that. Like you're not alone in having a hard time with this. Yeah. You know, like everyone has a hard time with this. Everyone. And you just, the, the thing that sucks, and it's like anybody that's ever had their heart broken by a girl, like the advice is always like, got to give it time. It's, and it's not fun, but the reality is there's, there's just no substitute for time yeah. to just get, like come to, come, come to grips with it, uh, become at peace with it, and then find something else. You know, it might be a... a- sort of a, a a blessing in this whole thing is it hasn't been that long and and I think this article will will bring it to light to him like guess what I got to make sure I d- handle this the right way cuz a lot of guys you know what they do they're probably doing what he's doing and they and let that, that spiral for years right. until it comes to they don't ever say a, anything about it yeah and they don't say anything about it cuz right. that's the worst thing you can do is pretend Agreed. like you're Dude, fine. You're fine, and you never want to show anybody wh- where you're at. Because to me, it sounds like he is just bunkered down in his house, and no one, no one, but maybe his closest people around him are like, "Man, have you talked to Niles? Have you seen Niles?" Like, but for the most part, like if someone before we read in this story, if someone said, "Man, how's how do you think Niles Paul's doing?" I'm like, "I bet he's doing great, doing awesome." But you, but, but you don't know what you don't know, and you just kind of assume that people are doing okay. But yeah, the, like the fact that it sometimes you gotta like say it to put it out in like the, the universe almost to like for it to get better. Yeah, and I think that might be the case, and I, I hope it's the case because you know Niles is a great guy, and yeah, so, well, I, I think I think it will all work out for me. Just you know, like I say, you just gotta yeah. take a little time. But very very interesting. It. If if you haven't read it, you should read it. And you know, little stuff like I know we use Twitter at times to you know troll people and be assholes, but sometimes like. Some like s- send a guy a message, that. man. Like s- tweet at him, all that stuff. You know, like I know that sounds like corny and all that stuff, but like, st- like you never know. Like yeah. may- maybe maybe he need maybe that's what he needs. You know, like maybe there's like so maybe use Twitter to actually like be nice to people, everyone. Um, okay, a couple other things I want to get into before we uh, we get into our Christmas stuff. I'm so excited. I I already know you're gonna rip one of my movies and all my songs. You're going to rip. Uh, real quick, I know you and I, you don't talk, we really don't talk Creighton basketball that much, but I thought, I think it's interesting. So Creighton just, 
they 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 have one more game. They Mac scheduled Midland and on December twenty eighth because he wants to have one more. It's too much. He felt like there's going to be too much time in between games before they play Marquette. So they have one more non conference game, but really their non conference is over. And you know Creighton finished ten and two. They don't have a bad loss. They they're only their only losses are to San Diego State, who's undefeated, and and if I'm not mistaken, they're number one in the net rankings. Like San Diego State's a really good yeah. team. They lost at Michigan. Very good team. And beat Oklahoma this week and beat Arizona State. But it, it, a lot of people have been looking at these two games to see what it would be like to bring in Denzel Mahoney. Transfers from Southeast Missouri State. Averaged 19 a game there. And it's interesting. He is – you can – like when you watch him play, like you can see it and you can see like, okay, this guy's talented. This guy's really going to help. But they're also – the other thing you, you see is – Creighton loses their identity when he's on the floor. The ball doesn't move as well. Like that's that's how they're built. And so I think and and Coach McDermott even said it after the game. It's like, listen, we're struggling to integrate a guy into like what we do. And I'm confident we're gonna get it done. It's just gonna it's gonna take a little bit. And the thing you have to remember, this guy hasn't played in a year and a half. And he has not played in a real game in a year and a half. On top of that, he's never played in a game with these guys. And these guys have already found a game rhythm having played 10 games without him. So there's like so many things kind of working against him. How long has he practiced with them? A year and a half. So he's had the full year and a half to practice. But here's the thing. And I I dealt with this. And I don't know if... Because you, you, you were like... You never had... It's... You were pretty much, other than your first year, you were pretty much always like in the first or second unit. Yeah. In that, like at Kansas, and then when I transferred, when you're always on the scout team, it's weird because you basically, you realize when you, like the, the times that I was on scout team, the year I was a redshirt at Creighton and then at Kansas, like you, you honestly, aren't running your stuff very much. No, never. You're basically right? never running your stuff. So it's like, you can say like he's been in practice, but yeah, like, okay, he's gone through drills, but when they get into five-on-five five stuff, he's always the next opponent. Yeah. And so, and and the other thing within that and is scout team can bring about some really weird habits. Because you're always not being you. You get to be the guy that, like, if you're the gunner, like, this guy shoots it every time, then you shoot it every time you touch it. And and you're very or, – or all of a sudden, one week you're a point guard that can't shoot. And then the next week you're a guy that all he does is run off screens and shoot. And then the next week you're a guy that's uh, uh, that will post up smaller guards. And, like, yeah. and, and it's just a weird – it's a weird time where every week you're playing, like – pretend of but, who another guy is basketball is such a game of chemistry in a way that like you need to know what your counterpart let's use me and you we played yeah. together forever i knew what you were going to do all the time before you had to do it before you even had to look at me to do if it. if i was cutting if i was going to back cut you knew it yeah or if you needed a screen i knew your body language which yes. told me Give me a screen. Right. You know, those are the things that you can't 
learn until you've played with that person, right? What they look like when they're going to go back there. What like all the little passing, yes, defensive, like all right. those little things that you, nooks and crannies that make the difference in a game. He doesn't have that with them, and they don't have it with him. They no. don't know his little picadillos that you go. I know what that means because they've even had both. Like the there's been a few moments like the. Uh, someone will drive and he'll like cut into where they're driving. You know what I mean? Like things That's, like that. Oh yeah. That is like the like flashing red light, like chemistry, not there. Yeah. Alert chemistry, not there. <laughs> like, you know, and yeah, that's what it, what it is. You know, like when you're cutting into a guy driving, you're like, Oh, whoops. And, and, but that's basketball. And that's the beauty of the game. I do. I love, that's like the, the art part of the game. Yeah. I like is chemistry. You can't necessarily teach it. it. Has to just sort of. And some guys, it comes really natural with. And some guys, you can spend five years, and it's like you, you never can, you flow can, with them. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like you can manufacture it a little bit. But like some guys, it's almost like day one and, they just like if they find something. In rare instances, now I have seen times, and I have been with guys. I'm sure you have. Like there are some times where you have never played with a guy, and the second you get on the floor with them. You have like it's like telepathic, like immediately. That's how it was with Tyron. with Tyron Camby, and even for that. you, that's how it was with Tyron Camby. Like I had never played with Tyron Camby. For people listening to this, this guy was—he's the best passer I've ever seen. He was an All-State kid at Lincoln High. Uh, just an—I mean, he was our arch rival. Literally, like growing up, he was like always any tournament, or whatever. Is like we're gonna play Tyron in the championship game, and but he—he he was a guy. The first time I played with him. It was like we had played together for a hundred years, and so and that's the weird thing about basketball, and I, I, and so I think like the other thing to a scout team is it can create some some weird habits with what is or some weird thought processes of what is a good shot shot selection, you know because really there are times there's no ramifications to like you're just trying to give the starters a look. So if you take a bad shot, you know what the the coaches are doing? They maybe chalk that up to like they're they're only focused on the defense, the start. So they're like, good D, that's what that's what we want. And they're not even thinking about coaching. That's a terrible shot, you know? And, and when basketball's so weird, because then the momentum swings quick, especially like if those like a bad shot or two leads to Fast break points, like those yes. are the things that, like, then yes. all of a sudden your game is thrown. Well, off. and 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 so, and then never underestimate, like, it, like he would be doing so much better if he could have started the year with this these guys. Like the fact that these guys had played ten games, so they're yeah. in the game rhythm. What I would equate it to is, have you ever, have you ever seen three buddies or four buddies? You, maybe you show up late to a party. And they're talking and you show up and they're in the middle of a great conversation and you it's hard for you to kind of just <laughs> hop into that conversation. Right? You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like you're you're kinda like, Hey, what are we talking about? Okay, we're talking about LeBron. Okay, who Yeah, what LeBron, well, what uh, is well, the deal with LeBron? Yeah. They look at you like it was what we're, you know, yeah, like, it's it, like, or they'll be like, did you see that game? It's like, that's what we're talking about, dude. The game, you know, like, did you see his quarter of the game? It's like, we went we over that went five over minutes ago. That. Yeah. Like things like that. Like that can be how it is in the middle of a season. Like these guys are in a flow and then all of a sudden you, sh you just show up and it's weird. And so I, I think it's, 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 I don't want, he is going to help this team. Like this dude is going to help this team. They just they need to get on like 
Mac how, needs how to like. Do you, how, they need to scrimmage both. They just need to like. You need to. Well, there are times like you need to sit down and film with him because he need. There are times where it's like. Because I think he was a. I mean, he averaged nineteen a game. He he averaged nineteen on a game. Nineteen a game on a team that wasn't very good. Yeah. And I think he's all like. I think he's a. He's a an aggressive guy by nature, and I think one of the things he needs to do is realize that like you don't need to hunt shots. Like in in Creighton's system, especially with like their guards, like you 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 can just catch and swing it and it'll probably come back to you mm-hmm. you know so i think number one he just needs to like trust more and then watch film like there's one thing it's always it's always one thing when you're watching film and you're seeing someone else that would be where your position you go i see that but then when it's you on film it's a different thing yeah so he's got two games now to watch film of the moments where like this is when you need to this needs to be a sprint out ball screen. This needs to be a two foot jump stop kick. This needs to be a oh, oh, time you just swing it, and film will help them. But then they just need to get on the practice floor and just like play. Yeah, that seems to me like just like until you've scrimmaged where you're with those guys. Yes, you get to be in the top five. Like you're scrimmaging versus the scout team yes. with like your guys enough, where then that stuff just starts becoming more right comfortable. And so I think for it, it's there's no doubt because like dude, it, it, I make it sound like he had uh, the other day. I mean he had 14 points in the first half. He had 14 points in the first half, but Creighton was totally disjointed, and they didn't play well in large part because he was on the floor and the ball wasn't moving. You know what I'm saying? So he was so, scoring, but they were playing bad. So it's like he. It was weird. It was like he kept them in the game, but he was also the reason they were kind of like struggling. Yeah, does that make sense? That does make sense. And yeah. and so uh, for the Jays fans that are listening, like you see the ability that he has. It's just going to take time for him to to get flowing with these dudes, and it'll come. But I, this has been a fascinating thing to watch, just because I was like, because I underestimated. I was like, oh, he'll fit in right away, and I'm like, and then it, it kind of was a little clunky, and then I started to thinking about scout team and really think about basketball chemistry and all that. Uh, but so that'll it, it it'll come real quick before we get to the Christmas stuff. Nebraska Fred Hoiberg's squad not going to have too merry of a Christmas because they lost another home game to North Dakota. They give up uh, two offensive rebounds late, and then they get they let a guy drive and they foul him, and he makes one of two free throws with seven seconds left to win the game. So it's like it's Christmas. They. They already have home losses to UC Riverside, Southern Utah, and North Dakota, and they went to overtime with Southern University at home. So it's been it's been a rocky year for these guys. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that, that they played their two best games against the two best opponents. Yeah, it doesn't make it's it's weird. It, te- it's, it maybe tells you this team kind of they they play to their opponent or maybe even worse. Well, what I think I had someone ask me. Yesterday, they're like, "What? So, what you? What, what happened with Nebraska?" And I'm like, "It's hard to explain. They just Nebraska has a hard time sustaining the focus, the energy, the effort, and the execution on defense." Yeah, and I think it all starts there. But I think a lot of that stems from, in my opinion, when you don't have upperclassmen that have been in the program that that can like set that standard. Yeah. It's hard. You like there's no one you know like you 
you probably who is a backer that when you that I mean your brother. Yeah. You could just go, I'm just gonna whatever Barrett does, that's what I'm Easy, gonna do. Right. You know? And and then you became that for a young like then someone when they were a freshman or something, they're like, I'm just gonna do whatever Bo does. Yeah. And they don't have that. They don't they don't have anyone that has a bunch of experience and most importantly experience within this coaching staff. So I think that's why you see this wild, these wild swings of. There are probably a, a, quite a few guys that, you know, in a in a solid program, wouldn't even be playing. No, hell no. And so then you got young guys who probably shouldn't be playing. So you don't just have like crazy talent that sort of cleans up the undisciplined lack of focus, like all those things. Like we're not quite good enough to be that unfocused, right? And that undisciplined, which leads to. A lot of really bad losses. And, and you know how it is. Like, you think you were locked in and smart and playing hard in high school. And when you go up a level, it's just totally different. Totally different. Yeah. And if you don't have a standard, like, I could see Aaron Miles defend and be like, oh, okay. That's how you guard the ball. You... You know, you help someone and recover, like, and talk, like, oh, that's how you do it. Like, and I would have thought, like, oh, I, I know, I know how to, I know what I'm doing. But the, you, sometimes you have to see your teammate do it, do it right, and they, you think, well, they're the, they're the best, so they, you know, and they'll, they'll set the standard. Yes, and then the standard has to be followed. Otherwise, you just, by default, know, like, oh, I'm in trouble. If I oh, don't I'm not going to play. Yeah. Like, you have to play that hard and with that kind of focus. And so, I mean, they, they have their shortcomings offensively with size and shooting inconsistencies at times. But, like, I just think their worst. But their worst games are against the worst teams. That's, yes. And they've lost three I mean, again, really bad it. losses. UC Riverside, Southern Utah, and North Dakota came into PBA and beat them. Should never happen. It should never. But a, a lot of that is, is just, like, it's on them not understanding how to be consistent yeah. and what that looks like. But, uh, yeah, it's going to start to get real. I have their game on BTN against Texas A&M Corpus Christi before then Big Ten play really gets rocking because they've had two so far. But, uh, they'll. I mean, again, I mean, they're like they've showed signs like of what it can be. But How, they, they, how, but many, this game, how many games do they win this year? I mean, how, like, how many conference wins? Like, how, many, how many conference wins? How many wins conference are they wins? Because they're about because they're one and one right now, and they're going to play twenty conference games. Oh, I mean, man, I mean, can they win six conference no. games? Oh no! no. <laughs> oh no! I don't think so. I mean, I I would love to be wrong. Yeah, you know, but I don't. Oh, I, hey, I'm amazed they've won one and almost, you know. Almost beat Indiana. The fact they got one. I mean, they get like they get Northwestern. They play Northwestern twice. Northwestern's not very good. They do play Rutgers twice. Rutgers having a better year, but they're still Rutgers. Um, I think they can get to. I think they can get to. Like if they get to four or five wins, like that's. I'd be like, if they got to six, I'm like, wow, Fred Hoiberg, hell of a job. Yeah. What's encouraging is like those performances against Purdue and Indiana show you that. All right, like the team's capable. If if things are going their way, they can get some wins. So yes. it's not just one of those teams where like there's nothing they can do. That that's the thing I was gonna say. I'm glad you brought that up. Like it's not that they can't defend. Like there have been moments where they like there's a difference between not being capable and you just ha or you just haven't done it. Yes. 
they they are capable. Now they're always gonna have shortcomings because they're small and they don't have a rim protector and they're gonna have to double the post and you know, like that that are just they are what they are. But they've shown that it, like there there are times they can defend and they yeah. can lock in and help each other and talk and, and rotate. You know and here's what happens is like if you if you sustain playing for you good defense yeah. enough, which is probably like force people to take a lot of threes, one out of four games they don't shoot as well. Right, because Purdue was, was like 6 of 28 from 3 or something like that. And, and, and when you're the worst team, you almost like that's that's where you got to live and die right, at. Like right, they right. can't beat you just by like getting easy ones. Like you make them, you know, yeah, even if they're you say, you say, threes, if they, if, shooting threes. We're, if, they, if they make, we're going to make them make 10 to 15 contested threes. And if they do that, they do that. But yeah, You know, like. You just can't have the games like they played against Creighton where it's like. It's so there's so little focus and discipline and effort on the yes. defensive end where like they don't even have a chance to to their offense didn't even matter like they and didn't even have a chance no no and that, and that's the thing to even tied into the Denzel Mahoney Creighton thing it's like that's where chemistry like there's a real thing about chemistry and trust of like when when adversity strikes that's where that stuff matters yeah and so that that they're they're still working on that stuff uh, but certainly a frustrating. Uh, Home game, home loss once again for Nebraska. Okay, are you ready? Nick, what season is it? It is Christmas season. <laughs> it is Christmas time. We're recording this on December 23rd. You and I were like, should we do some like Christmas stuff? I was like, yes. I'm in the spirit this year. I don't know what it you is. You got it? You got yeah, the fever? I got the fever. I feel like the, the last few years I've just been busy. There's, it's, right. You know, life was with work or with, you know, new things like new house you're just keeping your head above water and you might be this way a little bit this year. Yeah. Where you got a lot going on with basketball, right. the pod and right. Right. And new house, all yes. the thing, new studio, new AOI studios. New AOI yeah, studio. it's great. But I feel like this year I, I I'm settled. I, I, all the gifts have been sh- shopped for. I, I have all that. Everything's up decoration. And I've just been able to like, I'm enjoying it. That's yeah. Watching Christmas movies at night. Uh, we even did a, we, you know, Drove around looking at Christmas lights. I mean, oh, yeah. we're doing it this year. So. I like it. See, this is good. This is good. So then I want to start with Christmas movies. Okay. We we decided let's do three. Yeah, right? keep it short. You want to do three? I'll get my number three. You give your three, two, two, one, one. You want yep. to do that? Yep. Let's do that. You want me to go first? Are you, you go ready? First. Are you ready? I think you're going to be stunned. I have a feeling we're going to be I, I wanted to preface this. I want to preface it, like, because I got it. I got into a debate with uh, my cousin Scott about this. Like, are we separating? I don't think it would alter it, but, like, is Frosty and Frosty the Snowman and the Grinch, like, the, are those, sh- like, almost like TV shows, like TV specials, or do you consider those movies? Uh, well, there's the there's a Grinch movie. There's a Grinch with Jim Gr- Carrey that I, was, like. If you say the half-hour Grinch, I'll give you that. Okay, because I, I – I maybe would have put that in there, but I'm not. I'm. It's not. That doesn't screw up. I my would list. have accepted it. Okay. At number three, I stumbled on this movie. I knew about it, but I stumbled on it maybe five, six years ago, and I just had never seen it. And I'm not gonna lie. Almost every year, I have watched it during Christmas season, and I just really like it. At number six, Bill Murray Scrooge. Oh, I'm shocked. Actually, really. You kind of get, you kind of get peak Murray where he's at the peak of his powers. You kind of like, you get Bill Murray oh. when he's in, and he is 
He's great in it. Nick, I am blown away. I knew at you that would be. Choice. No, you didn't know. I knew Did you'd you know? be blown away. Okay. Did you really like that or are you pandering? No, it? no, no. I really like Scrooge. I think that's a. Uh, I've seen it. It's a good movie. It, it didn't make my top three. Right. Okay. I'll say that. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's a unique movie, a little underrated. You know, it's it's a good movie. It's the you know yeah. you get the Christmas pass, Christmas. You, you know you get the like it's the classic story. Yeah, Murray's funny, but in Murray's good. funny in it. Uh, it's uplifting, like the yeah. in it, like it's very uplifting. Um, the it's it is very eighties. Like it, it's like there are the special effects and all that stuff are very like it's almost in a charming way. Dated yes. in a charming way. Yes, like there's sometimes dated can ruin it, and sometimes dated almost makes it better. Yeah, that's how I feel about this. And like one of the ways to gauge how good a Christmas movie is, is like what kind of mood are you in after it? Yeah. And like you are in a super like you want to put on a sweater and like go shake hands and hug people and be nice to people. So at number three on Nick Boss Christmas movies, I'm going Bill Murray Scrooge. Okay, that's a good choice because it's it's unique. I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody's is different, so maybe mine will seem unique. It doesn't feel very unique right now. Uh, well, there's only three. There's only so many. My next two are going to be like yeah. Um, and this is mine. This is the ones I want. There's probably movies I would argue are better Christmas movies. Like sure. Better. But I'm talking about the ones I always watch and I will continue to watch the most regular. And number three is every year I watch Home Alone. Absolutely. It's so good. Absolutely. And I it mean, gets, it, is, it gets funnier the older you get, which is yes. crazy. It's almost... You, it's, would think it, you would think that movie would only appeal... To like, oh, I liked it. Because what year did Home Alone come out? 92. You would have thought, like, I mean, we were basically Kevin McAllister's age. Yeah, you know what I mean? Great. So you, like, there was an element of, I think at the time you thought, as you got older, you're like, ah, I probably only liked that movie because I was young. Well, I mean. It, but it's it's a really good, it's really good. Well, I mean, even remember, like, I think you had a talk boy. Oh, the yeah. talk boy. And that was a huge deal in the 90s, like the talk boy. I mean, remember, we'd be out at my cousin Lee's every year for Christmas at some point, and we'd stay the night, and we would do the booby traps, and my Uncle Marty would come down. <laughs> oh, really? And it was like he would come down kind of knowing there could be something there, but like you'd have the, the, the yarn tied to the thing, and the bucket would swing. It was all set up <laughs> in the basement. I mean, it was like... Come down at your own risk, like the micro machines. We had all sorts of booby traps. Oh, so I like it. That's sort I of like that's it. the two part. We like we didn't just watch it; we sort of lived Home Alone. I love it. I okay. love it. Number two, number two, for me is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, you're gonna hate me, Nick. Are you anti that movie? No, my number two is National yeah, Lampoon's right. Christmas Vacation. It is. <laughs> High five there. I mean, come on. It, it's honestly one of those ones that if you if if you wanted to get like violently angry with me, like it's number one. It's ridiculous. But I would be like, okay, I'm, I can like, I could totally agree that it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. For our generation, for sure. I mean, it is just, you're probably getting peak Chevy Chase. Peak Chevy Chase. And it, it's a, tr it's like a true comedy as much as it is. A true Christmas movie. Agreed. That's what's so good about it. Agreed. Where a lot of times Christmas movies are more just feel good. Um, but this one's, it's like a true It is. Comedy. You have like multiple defined, hilarious, unique characters. Mm -hmm. 
you get, uh, I mean, of course, it's cousin Eddie, right? I mean, you get Eddie, yep, who's just like he he falls into the under the category of like iconic character that pop culture is almost like like made bigger than the movie, made bigger than the movie, and like I mean, all of his lines are like I mean, that's that's one one way to gauge how good of a a comedy is like how many iconic lines are from the movie and. From one guy, like he has the shitters full and you serious Clark. Serious Clark? You serious Clark. <laughs> like every year when I see that part, I laugh like Almost hard. Almost he says, uh, talks about his dog, like snaps. Yeah. Roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. You know, like I remember like, and even, you know, you think of like every time you see a house that has too many lights, you think of Chevy Chase. Yes. Connecting the- <laughs> it and the power goes out in the town. I mean. It's like it's one of those movies where everything there's the jello mold, the turkey's dry. I think that I think about the dry, dry turkey. turkey. Yeah. Every time someone's cooking turkey, I'm thinking someone's gonna cut into it, it's just gonna every every attic I see, I think of Agreed. I think of of Chevy Chase and oh, Chris's great, vacation. That's every probably attic. that scene is such that's like one of the I one think of the it, times it's a Ray it, Charles song yes. too. It's like, yeah, what I can, what is this? I'll have to. I can't remember what song it is, but it's the perfect song. Oh, God, God's and God. it's like he's stuck up there, and he's just got old videos to watch, and he really like it is like a touching moment because Clark is he's he's one of those guys he loves nostalgia. He wants to be like right. the family man. That's right. what that those movies are all about. The guy that does is the family stuff as good as anybody, and it's just like that's the touching part of it. And then yeah. it's like, you know, him losing, it's hilarious. Right. Yeah, when he, lo- and then his, everything with his work and his Christmas bonus and all that stuff is funny. Uh, I, but one underrated, <laughs> the, hot, the hot girl, the hot, the hot girl scene where and Russ comes up, he goes, can't see the line, can you, Russ? And he's like, nope. <laughs> She's showing him the thong I mean, line. Who, who would in a department store? I mean, that girl basically. Shows her entire left cheek. I mean, Nick, as a young, right, as I mean, a young man, oh, you did she like, keep you up at night? File save as <laughs> cheek. <laughs> and then even uh, when the the grandpa is sleeping and runs, and he's got like the the oh, bikini poster, girl yeah. poster, and he's like happy. And then the the brother and sister having to sleep together, and they're just like. The sister's just pissed. It's just great. Like, there's so many different, like, family dynamics about that movie that just are yeah, fantastic. The underrated part, I think, too, is the the great family dynamics yes. between the two family. Like, right, right. The, the grandpas and the grandmas are great. Just sleeping. Oh. Just sleeping. Just sleeping and snoring. And, oh, it's just that, that. Oh. Getting the Christmas tree when they... <laughs> He lets it out, and it's like it goes everywhere. <laughs> a little sappy. <laughs> and then even at, he's he's laying in bed, and it's he's reading the magazine. It's stuck to it. It's all good. That's how you know it's good when you're sitting there. Even like a tiny moment like that is like it's all funny. But see, to me, like there's there's movies that are you'll say are good, right? And then you try to remember lines. You try to remember moments. And there may be movies that you go. 
I wouldn't consider as good as that, but you rem- like things are sticky. For right. me, I the, m- the movies I like the most, the ones that are most sticky in my brain. I don't know why it always is, certain movies are, but they just have this like they have something this about that, it. That you just you. never yeah, forget the little silly moments or right. whatever. Right. Absolutely. And that okay, movie's so, got them by the dozen. Yes. So okay, we have the same number two. I hope we don't have the same number. Well, two. unfortunately, I guess I'll just give it. Home Alone is number one for me. Okay, good. This is great because that's it's a top three for me, and I'm glad you didn't have it, my number one. It is just a tremendous movie, and it it uh, it does make you. It's like there's. I mean, it's wildly entertaining. It's wildly unfathomable. The wet bandits are like they make the movie basically. Mar- they Marvin Harry make the movie. I mean, they are outstanding. Okay, I got something for you. Home Alone can't happen now. It, it can't happen. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, there's you no way. You had to, to like- have landlines. You had to. No, there could not be cell phones. And somehow, in like three days, they can't get a hold they of can't get a anybody. Hold. To right. really, they call the cops, and the cops come. They had nobody here. Nobody here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's get out, let's of here. get out of here. And that's the end of it. Like in tw- in 2020, within it can't happen. Five minutes with the internet and phones from and cell the plane. Phones, and like they yes. tweet Kevin, who has his own cell phone, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm here." Tweet back. Right. Right. So right. Text back. But you forget, Qual- like people, like, like you forget in 1992. It was possible to like truthfully not be able to get a hold of somebody. Just power lines are down. Sorry. Sorry. What are you going to do? Yeah. And and you probably don't have numbers. If you're in France, you don't have numbers of like, who do I call? Right. Right. Where like now you just, you can Google A couple it of things with 10 like. 10 seconds. One of the, I heard maybe someone say this and it's so true. Uh, one of the great, which one, Pesci is Harry. He's Harry because Marv is... Marv. One of the great screams in movie history is Marv with the tarantula on him. It's one of the most unbelievable, perfect screams. I've, I've for years said that's like my, one of my favorite moments in cinema. (laughs) It's like, it's a perfect scream. And you, and you know, my, because my, I tell my sister that forever and she sent me a link. The scream is, was like, it was dubbed in dubbed in because oh, so they wanted him. it. It's him plus something. They wanted it out of control. It's perfect. Like the pitch is just crazy. It's perfect. That oh, and then the whole large cheese, the the cheese pizza, all that stuff is great. The whole scene of going to the grocery store. I don't think so. I don't think, so. man. You think I'm here alone? You got. I don't think you so. got to give that kid. He was great. <laughs> you know what? Sorry, his life was probably rough after Horrible, that. Horrible, but he but was he fantastic. was great in that movie. And then I was talking to my brother about this. You know what is hilarious about is so in the movie's ending, the shovel guy after the big night, yeah, just takes him home. We got to get you home. Just yeah, he, that's what that's what doesn't make sense about that's the movie. The, that's the biggest hole, like arguably the biggest hole in the plot. Is shovel guy just takes Kevin home? Tells no one. Tells no one. Lets him sleep in the house. 
all by again an eight year old. Maybe shovel guy actually killed someone and and needed it needed to get out. And of Dodge. he didn't want to be around when the cops came for the wet bandit. So I think shovel guy. You know when they say he was putting bodies yeah. into the, yeah, the garbage can? Like, he takes the bones from his victims and he, t- he the, even shovels that scene, them on the sidewalk. You side can book. relate to everyone. Ha- like I had a cousin, my cousin Ian. That's something he would have done. Make up some story to spook out the little kids. And like it's just great. Good. But like Shovel Guy took Kevin home, dropped him off, and said, Hey, man. <laughs> Crazy night. I'll see you later. All right. Have a good time. Kid. All right. Merry Christmas. I mean, he and, wasn't uh, like... 10 he was like five or six I mean, he, he? I mean he was he was way too young to just go home yeah he was a little dude so I mean, and then the scene i mean when kevin's mom makes it home even john candy random john candy most is, underrated part of the movie is it you know what their name was the kenosha kickers <laughs> We're huge in Sheboygan. They're huge in Sheboygan. Huge in Sheboygan. They they sold like nine hundred albums in Sheboygan, and that's and they they're they're a polka. I mean, it's just like they take they drive they drive her back home, and the whole scene when she comes in and can't find, you know, and then they see each other is just great. And it just you know the whole the whole thing about Christmas is like valuing your family and all that stuff, and that's what a little freaking Kevin McAllister's whole ordeal made you. Value your family. Oh god! And, and Other completely. thing. What the hell did Kevin McAllister's dad do for a living? Because he had a mansion and he was flying the whole fam to Paris. Well, I went to Paris for my honeymoon. I've been to Paris. You went to Paris. That's where I got engaged. Um, you and I apparently setting the bar way too high with like setting it high in life here. Yeah. But look, here's what we know: for one person, a flight is fifteen hundred yeah. bucks. And hotels are, you know, hundreds of dollars a night. So think about. So you're flying over like fifteen. I mean, how many people were? Yeah, like it was. It was probably a ten. It was twelve to fifteen. I'm calling it a fifty thousand dollar. Yes. And they were flying first class. Yes. Nick, first class. <laughs> you know what? Four first class tickets to. I think to they Paris? were like. I mean, I was sitting. I'm talking fifteen hundred, and I was sitting back in the nosebleeds. Like right. You know, my knees are scrunched, and right. Those people were sitting first class. Uh, Unbelievable. What was the uncle's name? The the oh. cheap one that was stealing crystals. Yeah, <laughs> what's his name? Oh, uh, oh god. I oh, but he. But so, so those are probably you know triple the price. You know, we're talking like five grand a ticket for first class. Right. That's nuts, man. That is nuts. It's where you get older and you think you start you go, to think like, Wait what's a that guy do? What does that guy do for a living? Even the moment you know, you talk about sticky. Like even moments like the moment Kevin's mom and dad are on the sitting on the airplane and they're like, feels like we forgot something. Did we forget something? Like everyone's kind of had on a big trip. The garage door. The garage. I door. left the garage. I left door. the garage door. That's what it is. Like everybody has those moments of like you have that moment of anxiety when you're leaving for a big trip. Like what did I forget? I forgot something. Does it feel like we forgot something? Like those moments just stick with you. They hit it. I mean, it's it's funny. It's. John Hughes produced. I was just going to say, the music, the music is tremendous. And John Hughes, in all his movies, these 80s movies he did, and this one in the early 90s, he's he's a Chicago guy and he does everything in Chicago. Right. And I'm just, I think the house is perfect. The, yes. The, like, the every block. room, every, every, and then I just, remember thinking, like, I wish I could someday have. A bedroom like Kevin McAllister's parents, like it yes. just looked cozy. Like, yes. like I don't know what it was. It, it 
everything made me think about Christmas. Like just the right. the house, the whole right. thing. And it was cool that Kevin, like, it was cool when Kevin, as a young kid, like, he put up Christmas decorations, even as, like, a young kid. Like, it's just, but I, I'm glad I wrote down the music. The music in the movie is outstanding. It's outstanding. It is. It's, it's just, outstanding. Oh. Oh, Buzz and his tarantula and Buzz, your girlfriend, woof, a great line. It just. It's so good. I mean, and the thing is, I think I learned this somewhere, but the. Uh... I think it's the the movie that they watch is called Angels with Filthy Souls. Or oh yeah, of the yeah. and it's like leave a, it on the doorstep and get the and hell out of it. It's a made up here. movie. Like they shot it for that. That's oh really? Not That's a not a real, real movie. No, they shot it for the movie. So it's like snakes. It's me, snakes. It's like <laughs> leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out. Uh, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get you ugly, ugly no, no good, good. yellow yeah, off my property. <laughs> One, two. <laughs> it's like it's great. It's that's so good, and uh, like when you realize that that's not a real. I, that's just, amazing. I didn't know that was. They a, did it for, and it's like, oh my god, that's brilliant. Okay, well that was a deep dive on Home Alone. Your number one. I I thought Christmas Vacation would be number one for you. So what's funny when it comes to Christmas, those two that we just discussed, they both made our list. You must not be a Christmas story guy because. I am definitely. So Christmas Story is number one. Number one, the most Christmassy movie that there is is a Christmas story. I had a conversation with someone about with my fam. We had we had a, a Ba family get together last night, like my cousins, all that stuff. You know what is unfortunate? I'm not so sure Christmas Story wouldn't have been number one. I think the marathon on TBS has hurt it for me. Would you ever watch it? Not during that time, though. I mean, like, but the, like during like Christmas the vacation and Home Alone, it's not. All, I think it's just the marathon thing of it. For I don't know why. I it's it's made it so like it's yeah. I, I can I understand need like that. a break from it. But see, I, I'll never watch it during the year for oh, any reason. No question. So you, the only time I'll watch it is. Do you have a routine with it and watching it on? Uh, not necessarily. I I actually don't get to watch it during Christmas Eve unless like I come home and it's like. Right. Closer to like time for bed because you're doing Christmas parties sure. and things like that, you know, with, with family. But the, the Christmas morning sort of like as you're getting up and, and opening gifts, it, has, it would just be on kind of. It, the one thing I will say about a Christmas, a Christmas story is it like just like if you close your eyes and just picture Ralphie and picture his mom, like you instant instantly feels like Christmas. Like your your body is over, it's like overflowed with Christmas, and the scene with the scene of him going down the slide at the store is great. The scene where even the he licking the pole is fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's all great, fragile. And yeah, I mean the, I think the this I think it's set up in I want to say nineteen thirty eight is the year. I want to say I could be wrong on that. Correct me if if I am wrong, but. There, there's a real nostalgia that comes with that time period. Like it, uh, yeah. there's something about a real old timey Christmas really puts me more in the Christmas mood. Like the the, the toys are like a a football a, right, or right. like a very simple. a fire truck that looks like it's made out of wood. Like right, it really simple simple things. And I I think just the whole like the way it's shot, the way it's all set up, it, it really just it it throws me into like. Old, the old-fashioned Christmas spirit. Now, it's got a really... It's the narrator. Yeah, he's great. I mean, that voice is 
Because is that the same narrator from Wonder Years? No, because you know who's the Wonder Years narrator? Who? Daniel Stern, who was Marv. Mar- You're kidding me. Good, good. That is a good connection. That's just a connection yeah. that just happened there. Um, who, but, the, but the narrator is... Like, there's some people and some things that are casted or set... Per, like, he is perfect. Without the narrator, that movie's not probably a third of as good. It might yeah. not It might not work even close to the way it works. And it's weird how certain movies have a narrator and don't. Like, the narrator is needed. And the voice and the lot Everything about the narrator is perfect oh, in that that's, movie. That's a great point because I, I didn't even think about that, but... You know, it lets Ralphie just like do what Ralphie's. Just, he's acting without and talking. And it's but better the, to have the internal dialogue come from that because he's voice. remembering. Remember yes. the the right. narrator's remembering. So it's yes. it's in a it's in a moment of like remembrance rather than just like yeah, just watching it happen. Um, but I, I think the older you get, the dad in it gets so much funnier every year you get older you know he goes down the basement to fix things and it's like the words coming like you know and then the mom's just like she's always trying to sort of do her sly things to like you know you know she doesn't like the lamp he's so proud of the lamp the lamp lamp is his the lamp is an iconic like that lamp you see that lamp anywhere and you're just it's correlated with that movie people on the on the block over from us, we looked in the window last they night. They have it. They have the lamp up. It's a great. That's a great. That thing tells you, like it, it, it struck a chord. Just that it really did. And I the mom it's... is so sweet. You know, like she's she's such a she. She feels like a real mom. Yeah, you she, know what I mean. Oh like, yeah, she has a sweetness to her, but yes. like she's still putting soap in his mouth. Right. But she doesn't really tell on him. Right. She she she, you know, she says Ralphie had a fight. But then she knows distract dad with, well, how about the Bears game? Or you know, she right, says it. And right. He goes, oh yeah, he <laughs> the dad. Even the fight scene is the wow. noises that, like everything about it was like you forget like when you get in little tussles as a kid. Like they captured the noise of a kid fight perfect because it's like a pig squeal. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> and you and you forget that when you're a kid. And you get into a fight, you almost are instantly crying, even if you're the one that's winning the fight. Yeah, that happened. That you know happened. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and so they all those little things—they just hit it out of the park. It's funny now with with Netflix and you know I got you know cable, and it's like Hallmark has fifty movies and Netflix has fifty movies, right? And I, I don't even really try to watch those movies, but the ones that come on, it's like they just don't. They, they don't, just don't deliver in the same kind of way. It's just, it doesn't, these people, these movies we're talking about, to a T, they hit it so far out of the park with like just somehow connecting to your soul. Totally. It's so nice. It's a good, I like your shirt, like a sticky, like all those movies, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, just have sticky moments. Yeah. That just don't leave you. That's it. Like the, the good it, ones are sticky. Oh, that's it. That's now, good. I would do if we can do honorable mentions. This one I didn't grow up watching, but everybody swears by it. My wife's family watches "It's a Wonderful Life." I've never seen "It's a Wonderful Life." I don't know why. Is that I every never time did. a bell rings an angel gets its wings? Yeah, yeah, and that's the only place I knew it from. But it, it, it's 
that's iconic. That's like yeah. a very, you know, that's uh, it's the moon. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. A, it's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> and, you know, throw a lasso around the moon, you know, like that's that movie. Right. And there's, it's for a 19, I think 46. Yeah. It's, it's still really good. I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really good. God, if I had to give an honorable mention, I like elf. I don't love elf. Um, because I don't know if it gets me in the in the spirit yeah. like that. I mean, hell, I'd throw like Home Alone two in there. Like I enjoyed Home, Home Alone two is not as good as Home Alone one, but Home because Home Alone two is the talk boy. Yeah, it's talk boy and it's New York City. That's its own. You charm. get uh, and th- then the Grinch, the the TV show, the original Grinch. Yeah, that would classic. be up there for me. That's classic. Uh, we got to be forgetting something. Um. Christmas movies as we're this is makes for a good pod huh as we're oh, I mean we I'm not like uh, Family Stone like my wife loves Family I Stone I'm not that's not that. that's not for me A Christmas Carol The Polar Express I enjoyed The Polar Express not sure if you've seen that Miracle on 34th Street not bad those those ones don't get me near as excited as right the other ones I think though, I think then we're hitting I think we've hit on Four Christmases is like a those are more new comedies, yeah. but they're, they're, I mean, they don't do what the other ones do. I feel like the other ones are just, you know. Oh, I swear Vince Vaughn and, and John Favreau for a couple of years were like, do you know how much money we make off Christmas movies? Let's just make one every <laughs> yeah. They made like three years in a row, Vince Vaughn made a Christmas movie. Oh, I'm looking at the, the Scrooge poster and it's just it's so good really good i think that we, we i think we got it pretty okay. good list that's I'll pretty good that. that was a that was a fun discussion okay uh christmas songs we'll hammer through these i wrote you, down just five give me, give me yours okay the first one i wrote down i'm not even sure if you've heard it but you have you ever heard christmas time in hollis queens by run dmc <laughs> I this was i've heard it yeah. that song's great nick that is not that Merry much Christmas of Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! Nick, you can't tell me that's the Christmas spirit you're looking it's for. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Nick. Mom cooking chicken and collard greens. Come on! Nick, come on, I wrote man. it down at five. Okay? We're talking about all time. Okay, as long as it's five. Christmas right. time in Hollis, Queens. Uh, San- Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Michael Jackson. Or is it the Jackson 5? That'd be Jackson 5. I Jackson bet. 5. That's a hell. That's my favorite rendition of Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. I uh, Jingle Bell Rock would be number three. That's a solid choice. Yeah, I'd say that's a solid choice. Number two, who's the who's saying "Have yourself a merry little Christmas"? It's the song that's playing when the wet bandits get put in the police car and driven up. Have yourself. I don't a know merry who actually sings Christmas. that. That's a hell of a. That's a song that's a good one and then i'm not so sure my favorite christmas song is in rocking around the christmas tree <laughs> i like rocking around the christmas tree. it's the one. scene it's, it's going to show you how much home alone the reason like all these are like that's the scene when he gets the michael jordan poster on yep. the train that's the song kevin's playing in his song in I, his house. i have it on my christmas my spotify christmas party playlist yeah i i got two for you these were the only two i really wrote down that stand out as like ones i love uh white christmas yeah we're gonna have three songs from home alone like i'm 
Dreaming of a white. Boom, boom. Yeah, that, that's, yes, I'll give you that. That's that a good one's one. unbelievable to me. And then uh, a song by Donny Hathaway called This Christmas. Oh, has it got some soul in it? A little bit. But it's really? that one that go. This Christmas, fireside is blazing bright. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love that song. It's yes. A, it's a great Christmas song. I've been really into that the last few years, so... That's a that's a good one. So those or are the two I the one I the one I I can't really forgot. Uh, Let it snow is a good song. There's there's a bunch. I mean, and my then, brother used to like the the sleigh ride song as a kid. He's like, really? No, no, it's uh, uh, now I I can't get now that. Now we're getting my, it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you, you ever know when you know something and then you hear it too? Like, get that on her. So something that another rather with me. Oh yeah. Don't know it's perfect weather for Barrett liked that song? Loved it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Love that song. Barrett loved that. So I always think of that because Barrett loved it so much. I'm not I'm not gonna have Mariah Carey All I Want My Christmas All I Want for Christmas is you, even though that's a good song. I see that one I thought was for sure in your list. I mean it's a good song. I feel like I've like that's got that got almost Christmas storied to me where it's like Heard it too many times. Like it's yeah, just. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you but that. But that, but that's fantastic. Uh, what else? We, I mean, we we got every Christmas song. Those are the good. Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph. No, I'm not. I don't like those ones. Those ones are trash. Uh, <laughs> trash. He called they're it trash. trash. They're not trash. I shouldn't say trash. Picture you going to like a kindergarten, be like, man, that's Frosty terrible. the Snowman, that's trash. That's terrible. Okay, to wrap it up, because we are at an hour 15, my friend. That's our, that's our mark. Top three favorite Christmas gifts you've ever gotten. We'll go through, we'll do it like we did with, uh, with the movies going three, three, two, two, one, one. It goes to show you how all of the gifts I got were all gifts that I received. Basically, I the oldest I ever was. Like all these are happened from like eleven and younger, pretty much. Because that's like peak Christmas. That is peak Christmas. Uh, I I think I could do a better job with your gifts than mine. I think you got. I had some, some memorable great gifts. <laughs> I had some good gifts, but yeah, I don't really know if I see. I would say that okay. I'll give what would be number one for you. I think would be number one for you. To me, it is when you had the multi, you had the ping pong, uh, also pool t- mini pool table. I don't think that was Christmas. Oh, was it not? I figured it was Christmas. The, uh, my parents, I love. My parents Twanda. would once a year they would go to Kansas City and then they would come back and that would be they'd have they'd some have, like, weird some Easter present for us. And we had the little the mini like mini ping pong mini. Mini, cool. yeah, it was a multi-purpose that, like that makes my list for all time. But that wasn't Christmas. Okay, well, okay, so here we go. So should I go first? You go first. Yours are gonna. I know two of them. See, actually, yeah, two of them you'll have. I would think. But number three, I wrote down just because I remember how it's when uh, getting my brother and I got Sega Genesis. There you go, right there. Does that? Yeah, that was one of the two. <laughs> I know the other one for sure. Though. We Sega that Christmas, we were so pumped. And we remember how we had a TV in our kitchen, and we where we first set up Sega was in the kitchen. So I always remember the first time I ever played Sega was with my brother in the kitchen. We played Sonic and all that stuff. Just I, I was over. I think the next day. Oh yeah, I was like, like I called this you. is Sonic. I was like, oh, so good. So number three for me is getting Sega. So on that note, you sparked a memory of mine. It's a little different. 
me and my brother each got Sega Game Gear. Yeah. And the Game Gear, we played those for years. Those did you were have Joe great. Montana football? Joe Montana football. And you, it was like Sonic Joe Montana football. Yeah, a you were big into Game Gear. Game Gear was great. Yes. There, were other game, there was another game that was good on it, though. Oh, I forget. But I remember Joe Montana's football was the one I feel like you played the most on that. Yeah. So at two, I think I'm, I would put the... I thought you had the same thing that happened, but one one year, my brother and I came down to an empty Christmas. Like there was nothing around the fireplace where usually things were at. We were like, "What? what what's going on?" And there was a string that oh. led all the way downstairs, and I'm pretty sure it led to not slap it, but the Papa. Sh- Remember in the cor- in the deep corner, we had the Papa the shot. Papa shot. Yeah, it led to Papa shot. That's a great. That was a great one, and and it was all set up and ready to go. And oh, because you literally, I mean, in your irrational state of mind, like we came down and there was nothing there, and I was like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me! Mm-hmm. All the way down. That fantastic. That's, that makes the the reward that much better. Yes, you feel like you kind of go through the yeah the, the emotion the, the emotional like, oh, roller man. coaster of it. Oh, What's number? Do you have number two? Do you have two? Was uh, I got a BB gun. Oh, yeah. And my dad did just like Christmas story. Like that was the last thing he gave, he gave the, what's that over there? You know, and oh. we did that whole deal. So that was great. It, it was, it was actually an air rifle and I was picking off, uh, squirrels. squirrels in the there were a lot air. of squirrels around your, your crib. There was uh, too many squirrels. Yeah. You needed to, you needed to, to that take problem care of went that. Away. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually we didn't do that. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. No, long live the squirrels. We don't do that. Um, at number one, it is pretty simple. It is. I don't think there's ever been something I've politicked hard, harder for, worked harder for, every day for a good two months. I told my parents what I wanted. I wrote it down and stuck it to our refrigerator. And looking back on it, it's ridiculous to think that I maybe wasn't going to get it. But I would. I wasn't when I like. You know, like when I went to bed, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this. You didn't know. It's a big. It was a big ask. It was a mountain track trek with pyramid barns. <laughs> it was a bike in third grade. I. It was. We went to bike peddlers, like, yeah. and I wanted it. So I would stare at it. I wanted it so bad. And there's something very like Christmassy about getting a bike. That's a, number one. It's a great gift. And you you had sold not just your parents, but all your friends oh, you guys knew were... the song. You had cre- you'd created a song <laughs> that you'd walk around and you'd clap and you'd sing. Mountain track, track with, with Pyramid Park. And you'd do that track, track with all day. Like, and everybody that you knew yes. knew your song about the mountain track, track <laughs> with Pyramid Barns. Everybody knew. And so for two months, I created a song. I created like, I was basically like a great, I was like an unbelievable advertiser prior to where I I was. Marketing, you should take that marketing. marketing. I created a jingle. I plastered it in the house. I took my mom to, I was like, that's it right there. Like I took her to the bike store. I was like, that's the one I want. Mountain track trek with pyramid barns. I would walk around my house just singing that, clapping. I mean, and. I work for a big company that has, you know, they spent a lot of money on salesmen and advertising and, and marketing. You. And you, as a eight-year-old, uh, yes. nine-year-old, were better. Like, you just, you campaigned for it. 
You so, deliver. I mean, it, I wanted it bad, and I got it, and I loved it. I still have that bike in my parents' house. Oh, it still crazy. exists. I, th- I think I might. I think I might take that bad boy down and like take it for a spin. When's the last time we rode a bike? It's been a long time. I mean, it's been like a decade for me. I'm a bad bike rider. I don't know. I don't know how that would go. Okay, you're number one. Do you have one that stands out? I I, I only I, say this because I I this is probably one of the few like pictures I remember. I think we maybe had a home movie where me and my brother got like fake pads and fake like helmet. You know, like the NFL. Yeah, the we hutch had like where the, they like. I think we had a Seattle uh, Seahawks Chiefs and uh, either Chiefs or Niners for Barrett, and we both got like you know, makeshift, pa- like, and that was just amazing. So like for the whole next, you know, you guys are playing one-on-one. Oh, in the basement. Part. Yeah. So there was just <laughs> like things like that made a bigger difference than right. anything. Like if you got, if you felt like, you know, like you got gear that only the pros, like you got to wear pads yeah, and, you, it, and we weren't, but five, six years. I mean, right. you were small. Right. So like, and, and you, those you helmets were like plastic, terrible, but yeah. you, you were like, well, you you ramming people. Yeah, you'd with knock, it. you'd knock heads a little bit. But. Oh, that's a good one though. Because it, it was like part of it is, and I think you and I, I thought you were going to put the slap it hoop. That's right, but I can't remember if the slap it was if there was the string that led to slap it or the papa shot. What I remember, well, my favorite is toy it, of all, and it's hard to call it toy. Like my mini basketball hoop, it was called a slap it. Was my fa- it was my favorite childhood thing. I mean, that's all we like. I played on that mini hoop. I All remember you and your brother, like when you got it. So that's why I was going to say, like, I know your list. And I thought that was your list. See, I can't remember if the string led to that. I thought that you, and I remember you and your brother, like you got it. And I somehow, like, I, I talked to you and you guys had been playing for like 24 straight hours. Like we, games would go to. We play to a hundred. You play one to a hundred. hundred. Which I mean, it seems insane to do, but you but, guys would do that all the but time. Remember the beauty of slap it was it had a score. You like when so when I, it wasn't like it was like remember you if you scored you slapped it, and and that gave you points. It was you a had great, the that backboard. Was a great gift. Oh, I thought that may have been your best. I forgot about the mountain track trek until you said it. Now that's like, just like the most Christmas thing I remember. Like because I remember the reason that was because that's what I asked for. Like that's what I wanted more than you anything. And went I asked for it. for it. Yeah, you went for that. But one. the slap it was oh, that was a hell of a. Hell of a gift. See, with all this talk, this got you, movies. Yeah, got gifts, me pumped even more. Talking Christmas. I'm ready. I think I'm, I'm ready. For I that. am too. Now I, I need to... Uh, I have not watched Christmas... I watched like 20 minutes of Christmas Vacation the other day, but I have not watched Home Alone. I've not watched Christmas Vacation. I've not watched Scrooge. And I've not watched... But I'm going to... And A Christmas Story. I'm going to make it a point to watch all four over the course of the next couple three, of yeah, days three day. i mean we got it's christmas eve tomorrow it's that's the tour we're recording this on the afternoon of december 23rd it's three o'clock in the afternoon right now you got mave uh any, any gifts oh yeah she... we yeah she is she's had uh <laughs> she's had one thing she's wanted she wants a it is just a it, they're called crying babies and they're exactly what you think they would be they're babies that just cry and she wants that and that's what she wants look Look at how much she is cheesing with her picture with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> at least she's one of those kids that wants to be there. Like well, the other look, kids there, are... scroll. So, if you, like, if you could scroll, like, Over. the other pictures. Dear Santa. It... Yeah, so she, I, I would want... like a crying baby. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can see her other pictures with Santa where she was, like, terrified. So, she mails it at the North Pole. There you go. 
crying, crying. And then when she was oh, like yeah. a baby, she didn't know what was going on. Each year. I think like Sam's got a real beard, huh? Yeah, about that. But that's, yeah, there's the, but Maeve, yeah, we got Maeve. Uh, she wants a crying baby. And she's, I mean, and she has been on that for, she's been on that for a couple of months. So she's at the age where she knows what she wants. To a certain extent, yeah. Usually, it usually like for Halloween, she was like one week she wanted to be this, the next week she wanted to be that. Like it'll vary, but this has been consistent. I'll tell you what was weird is all of a sudden it was like her eyes opened up to commercials. And so when she would watch Nick Jr. or something like that, she now watches commercials and every commercial she goes, I want that. I want that. You're like, oh God. But I'm telling you, I can't wait for you to have a little, a little Boru Jr. Because the one thing that is Christmas with a kid is indes like undescribed. Do you feel like you like you relive it when you see her do it? You the both the, the, that the feeling? atmosphere and energy of the morning of when they wake up and they come out is and they believe Santa and they believe they believe that Santa came and get like it is it's magical like it's truthfully magical and it's great but yeah so Maeve's, Maeve's, Maeve's got a crying baby it's I hope right? that thing isn't like I wonder how hey, you I've I wonder how you get it one to crying stop. baby yeah like I wonder how you get it to stop crying. You should take the battery out. The one thing I'm glad is that I, it's not one of those gifts that's going to require a bunch of assembly. I did that one year with like, she has a desk, like for a coloring desk. And that was, you know me, I can't build a, I am horrible yeah. built. And it took me, I was up so late and eventually like Kim had to come do it. If you don't know, my relationship is like gender <laughs> reversal. Like Kim, Kim for, for her birthday asked for like tools. Power tools. Power tools. Like Kim is, and I'm like the like, you know, like, oh, God, get it away from me. Spider. Oh, God, spider. <laughs> no, no. Kim will kill the spider in this house. But, yeah, so anything we're missing? I mean. Nope, I think we covered it. God, this was good. Dude. That was fun. That Christmas movies, that got me going. That I mean, did get me going. Like, once you start thinking about the details and the, the, li oh, man, oh, the lines. Oh, man. Those are good. Now I am uh, I'm mad. That, I'm now mad that I, I soured on a Christmas story. You made me you get that sour taste out of my mouth. It, it is played a lot, but I think if, if you keep it in context of like you're watching it once a year. Yep. Or you just have it on background for like half the day. I need to watch it. I, I Does it start? When does the marathon start? 7 o'clock Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. So tomorrow okay. night and then it goes. 7 p.m.? P.m. So then it goes all the way through to 7 p.m. Okay. Christmas Day. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I, TNT, TBS. Oh, they, that's fantastic. Awesome. That is fantastic. But I think that tells you, like, the fact that that is so good is that a channel said, like TNT Agreed. said, that's telling. Like, we're not just they—they they are only gonna show that because they, they're like, it doesn't get better than a Christmas. Story. You're right. Like the fact that you could have picked any movie, any Christmas movie to do this with, and big. Networks like Turner, with TBS, TNT said, "That's the one. That's it. That's the one. That's it. That's what's. That's what the most people are going to watch for the longest amount of time. Right. That's it. Before before we sign off, most painful thing that the Wet Bandits endured when trying to get Kevin. I think it's the. Is it the the paint the paint bucket swinging down and hitting you square in the face? Maybe the iron dropping on the face is bad. The iron dropping's bad. Lighted, lighting the hair on. I mean, I think that goes quick. That's the more later on. 
the first <laughs> here he puts his head on the seat. Yeah, I guess. Oh! Ah! Um, I would have said. Why are you dressed like a the... chicken? <laughs> why the hell you you, like why'd a... you take your shoes off? Why are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> <thing? laughs> but so you have the nail in the foot. Oh, and we forgot the the wet bandits. Me and my brother flooded your yeah right. Apart- so Nick bought we, the first time we ever visited Kansas. Lords Kansas. He's yeah. a freshman in Kansas. We came to for a weekend to watch a basketball game at Lawrence. His roommate was Keith Lankard, who was like a all Big oh. Twelve player, maybe the best. He was the best yeah. player on your team. Yes. And so we didn't know Keith. We just you know we we're coming to see Nick. And I Somehow. told him I was like, hey, my two buddies are gonna come stay here, and so. We all of a sudden, like, we go to in the apartment. I don't know why we turned on the tub. I think we just, like... <laughs> yeah, it was one of the, I don't know why you and did that. something broke, and it just started flooding. And so, it's the middle of winter. We start grabbing buckets, and we're in there all by ourselves. Me and my brother are grabbing buckets. And you running open, and open the up window. the window, and we're throwing the water out the window until, like, finally, like, like we figure out how to, like, shut the water off. And like we did this for like twenty minutes, and Keith finally comes home. And he's like, "One, who are you guys?" Yeah. So Keith, because we, I think we were at practice. Yeah. And Keith beat me home because I maybe did some. I had some treatment I had to do after practice. And Keith, I told Keith, I was like, "Hey, I think my guys are there," but Keith probably walked in, and you guys are dumping water. And then the and then as you know, this ended like the the window yes. was cracked. You know. It, cracked open at like a 45 and we could pour this stuff out and then it froze, froze all the open. hinges so it's the middle of winter it's like negative degrees out yes and the windows froze open so keith walks in and so our only rebuttal was like we call ourselves the wet bandits and that like keith loved it. he loved us after that but we <laughs> we I, I mean i'm surprised we went with it we if went I, the wet band if i i mean that would have been 15 years ago, 14, yeah. 15, I mean, 15 plus years ago, damn near. If I, if Keith Langford walked in right now, he would refer to you and Barrett as the wet bandits. The wet bandits. Cause you know what we do? We flood that house after you we leave. flooded. It. After yes. we rob you, so, we're going to flood your house. So I, Cause then I came home and Keith was like, in a surprisingly, like he was giggly about the, what was happening because of the wet bandits joke. So to tur- <laughs> bring it back to home alone, it's like that. That that line made it so like two people that Keith had never met flooding the apartment. That's what great movies. That's do. what great movies do. Oh, all right, my friend. Well, hey, Merry Christmas to you. You're the man. You too, my man. This happy is, holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Make sure you get your Christmas movies in. I hope I hope I hope people right now that are traveling, you know, because a lot of people are going to be popping this in if they're flying in a car, or whatever. Hopefully, this got you in the Christmas mood. So when you get home, see your fam, you're you're in a good mood and you're ready to watch those movies and soak up all the parts, all the parts of it. Right? Get sticky. Get those parts to be sticky. All right, we'll wrap it up. We're we went an hour thirty three, so we're three minutes over what we what our target was, but we're good. Perfect. We're I'm good. in the spirit. I love it. All right. Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, we will holler at you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Oh, Park Hill Media Production.